0: Hey, yo, I got it going on, huh? What's the 411? Huh? Huh? I got it going on. Hey, yo, I be
1: pooping? Huh? Pickleball four one one, welcome back. This is episode two. Coach Fig in the building along with Coach Jebby. And uh, the first pilot episode we did a how to episode. The first episode, the, which is the second one, we did a sort of quote unquote controversial. So this time we're going to combine them and see how that goes. So we're going to talk about how to win the point without hitting the ball. So, Coach Debbie, what do you have for us?
0: Well, at beginning level and intermittent level, you see a lot of people either trying to win the point twice or um, losing the point that they shouldn't have lost. And that's because they're hitting balls that are clearly out but they are not self-aware of court court placement okay so if you're at the baseline and a ball is has not bounced yet uh, you probably shouldn't hit it correct yes if you're in transition land or no man's land as people say and the ball is at your shoulder height presuming you're you know maybe five 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 six five seven so forth and the ball is you know, coming over the net fairly high, you probably should just dodge the ball, turn, and watch it go out. And as we progress up to the kitchen zone, there again, a lot of balls. I see people are reaching at their head level, maybe a little higher, trying to hit a ball that they didn't even have to hit. They could have just let it go. So you could win the point without even touching the ball.
1: Now, you also have to be able to read the trajectory of the ball. If the ball has a little bit of topspin and it's coming down, most likely it's going to land in. If the ball is flat coming at you, then most likely it's going to sail long.
0: And I have a suggestion, a drill, Okay. that if you have a partner, a practice partner, uh, you should do this drill. You know, if you have like eight, ten balls among you, one of you go to the no-volley uh, zone, Put on some safety glasses. Do not take your paddle and let them draw, uh, hit drives at you. Wow, sounds dangerous. Yeah, well, it's like dodgeball. (laughs) You're going to let them drive the ball at you and you're going to scoot out of the way and turn. Another thing that people do is a lot of times they'll scoot out of the way and they don't turn to make the call. I see. They don't, <laughs> part of this is you need to turn and make the call. But practice that. See, all of us are different heights. See what works for you. I know that if I'm at the kitchen, I'm 5'10, I'm at the kitchen, the ball's coming at a fairly straight trajectory, you know, maybe three feet over the net or four, coming at my shoulder level. I'm most likely, unless it's a windy day or I can see that they're really developing a lot top on that, I'm not going to hit that ball. I'm gonna scoot, turn, and watch the ball hit out. But I have a background. I've seen so many tennis balls, so many balls, different directory. I know when something's going out, sometimes when the people just actually make the stroke. But that's just from years and years and years of observation. What I'm trying to get you to do with this drill, is you start to get some of that experience. Take the paddle away from yourself because you're going to be tempted to hit it. Don't hit. Don't take your paddle out there. Let them drill some balls at you. Start to become aware, and then move to the to the transition uh, spot, and then move to the baseline. Watch the ball. Watch the trajectory. See what's going out and what's following falling in.
1: Now, another thing you can do is read the paddle if the paddle's tilted up most likely it's going to go up and sail and if it's tilted uh straight then it depends on how fast it's going if you see the ball dipping down so that's another thing you can do so now we're going to get into the controversial topic which is uh bangers versus dinkers so coach debbie what do you have
0: well bangers versus dinkers there's tons and tons of videos articles and the like and uh usually when there's that much information about it that means it's a for real thing right yes. it means it's 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 valid people are talking about it they don't usually talk about things that aren't super valid or aren't impacting their life correct so bangers what are, what let's let's give a definition of what is a banger
1: Well, a banger is basically somebody that just hits flat all the time.
0: Well, they hit flat, but they also want to hit hard. They like to hit, they like power. Okay. And like I said, you know, power, I say it all the time, power is addictive. Yes. Um, If your opponent hits hard, heck, I bet I could hit harder than that. And the next thing you know, it becomes a, a race of who can hit the hardest. And next thing you know, what i know about hitting hard is that you start to lose control and that's where my drill comes into play where you probably when someone starts to out hit you try to out hit you maybe slide and check that see if those balls are going out but the banger is someone in my opinion and i'm not trying to offend people i'm just trying to be as real and honest as possible Bangers tend to be people who have low skill sets, meaning they have a forehand. They've learned how to hit it hard and drive it. They do not necessarily have a great back end. They may not even have much of a back end. They also like... That's in the
1: beginning levels.
0: In beginning levels. The other thing is they like to take the ball out of the air with a swinging forehand. They don't really have a blocking volley they don't really have a third shot drop they don't have a dink per se or if they do have a dink it tends to fly upward because they haven't gotten the concept of how to make it have more of an arcing drop but um so that's my view of a banger it's most people who have just started and didn't really get instruction from a quality instructor, you know, someone that is going to try to develop you over time, but um, that's my opinion. i will going let you take it. First. What do
1: you think about dinkers? How do you become a great dinker?
0: Well, the thing with a dinker is this, I'm going to use some sports that are not tennis related and i know that those of you who listen to me are going to go oh my gosh because everything i pretty much relate to is always tennis that's my background it is a paddle sport translates but i'm going to bring two sports into it from the east okay one of them is judo okay and the other is uh, sumo wrestling
1: whoa okay that's that's out there so yeah
0: so it's sort of a left field isn't it
1: okay so uh what does this have to do with thinking
0: all right so judo in in japanese means the gentle way okay and the concept and i'm not a specialist in judo but i'm just going to give it an over overview in judo is using your opponent's aggression And power against them okay so if a a big force comes running at you with lots of energy you don't go and run at that force too because if both of you are running and colliding at each other you're both injuring each other so there really is no win there there's really kind of a lose-lose now we pick ourselves up off the ground and try to run at each other again this isn't logical so in, in judo, what you do is as they come running at you, you're going to try to deflect them by gently pushing them away from you. Or you're going to take two sidesteps and let them, if you think about WWE, they're going to run to the, to the turnpike, the little Yeah, the, the turnbuckle. They're going to turnbuckle. They're going to hit, run into the turnbuckle. That's using a gentler way. You're not combating the aggression with aggression. Okay. So I'm going to use sumo as another example. There are times, and I, I tried to find his name, but there was a sumo wrestler who weighed 215
1: pounds. Wow, that's pretty light.
0: That's like a baby sumo wrestler, yes. correct? Whereas most of them weigh 400, 500 pounds, correct? Yes. And the and the the object of being a sumo wrestler is to push your opponent down or out of the circle right right this 215 pound sumo wrestler used the gentle way okay what he did was he allowed this very large person to come at him and then he basically in in my my view he was like doing cow tipping okay if, you know, they're coming at him and he's just using leverage. He's using skill sets, things where he had to think outside of aggression. Okay. To overcome someone who outweighed him more, you know, doubled his weight. So that's what I was started thinking about with the dinkers. Is that dinkers are using a different way of doing. Okay. And it's not an aggression. It is actually more of a skill of timing placement pushing and prodding and looking for openings to get the point or to allow your opponent to mess up and basically give you the point
1: okay that was very uh, philosophical now in the lower levels um, i have a friend who played in the 5 35 and over in san diego and he won the gold and um He was consistently talking to me about driving. Uh, We're going to get that uh, a little later, but in the lower levels, the people get used to winning so many points just by driving. So they get this um, thinking in their mind that driving is the way to go. But when you get to the upper levels, all of a sudden you have people that can actually block the ball back. So now you're no longer going to get those three points so they also don't have the right grips so hopefully they listen to our pilot episode because most likely they're using the wrong grip because they're popping balls up so if you have a continental grip you can now dink very well the third shot drop consists of a little push and that's what it takes to become a really good player it's a next level type shot And you have to have it in order to succeed. Now, in the pros, if you drive on a pro, they're former tennis players. You're not going to get points off of them. Maybe if you are at the non-volley zone and you try to blast them at them, then maybe. But that's not going to work. So that's what happens there. And then the higher level you go, now we're talking about percentages. How many points can you get off of a drive if you hit it at the net? what if they get the ball back then what are you going to do is your fifth shot drop going to be effective are you going to set your partner up are you gonna have your partner get killed so all of that is is taken into consideration in order to see if driving is worth going for so that is the discussion i had with um the 5-0 player that won the gold and um He basically said that driving is very good and it's entertaining and he saw himself over and over but then he came up with the idea of well, you know, I only want 50% of my uh driving and I don't know. It looks good, but maybe I want to go back to dinking So the other thing that it comes down to is situational play Is your opponent weak at the net if he is weak? It's probably best just to drive at them and end the point right there. So it's all about situational play and what you're going to do after. So that's what my opinion is.
0: Well, a couple of things to add there. Why do tennis players tend to be tough at the net? I just want to clarify that because not everyone is a tennis player out there. So you may not realize it. But as a junior tennis player, my coach would set me at the net and he would drive as hard as he possibly could at my body at my face at my left shoulder any right shoulder and I would have to block the ball back now here's another insight or another tip on how to be a very successful blocker use a very soft approach to your grip do not manhandle your handle you're going to just loosen those hands very softly let the ball bounce our ball hit that paddle with a very soft grip what it's going to result is not a banging back it's going to resolve in a very soft touch drop that's going to be advantage to you because if that banger wants to come to the kitchen play it off the bounce it's going to be very hard to hit a super hard shot that low at the net. Right. So that's one of the thoughts. Tennis players you'll identify them. They look pretty confident up there at the net. They're they don't go they don't scream. They go, "Oh, you know, they they're like, "Yeah, I've seen this before and it was a tennis ball coming at me at 85 miles an hour." So that pickleball, that little plastic pickleball isn't scaring anyone. Right. So with that in mind, the other thing is is that um, the driving shot? It doesn't, if that's all you're playing, there is no variety. Right. So, you're as predictable. We, yeah. And then I'll go back to tennis. So, if you have a serve, let's say if you watch some professional men's tennis and they have a serve that goes 130 miles an hour, if it's a flat serve and that's all they've got, by the middle of the first set, that returner has pretty much figured out how they can at least block that serve back. Right. The trick is the server has to come up with some other goods. He's got to he's got to go for different targets. He's got to add a different spin. He's got to do something. So my point is, is, as a banger, if all you're doing is banging that ball the same way each time, they're going to get on to you.
1: Right. So uh, you also want to add a variety. Um, now I'm going to give a little bit of a you know, credit for the banger. You also don't want to third shot drop all the time, quote unquote, you want to keep them on their feet guessing. Maybe you can get a cheap point here and there. But other than that, uh, dinking is more of a skill. It requires touch, finesse, and you also set your partner up for him to do the killing. And that is what your pickleball is basically intended about. There's a kitchen there for a reason.
0: Well, there's the speed-up, which is what um, good dinkers do. They're looking for that opportunity, that ball that's a little bit higher set where they can do the speed-up and it may produce a return and now you get the chance to do the put-away. It's not all, you know, it's not to say that dinkers don't have a, if you want to call it a bang, I call it more of a put away shot. But they do, but they don't use it all the time. They're using a variety of of shots to get that opportunity. Now, I'd like to talk about one other shot that's sort of in the banger, you know, repertoire if they want to work on it. And that's the third shot Uh, dip okay now a dip is going to be a much better approach than that flat hard swing out swinging for the fences it's going to require you to understand your grips you're going to look at a semi semi uh Oh, a semi forehand, or uh, you know, an eastern semi foreign combo, but you're going to have to be able to learn how to roll the ball. And the idea here is you can use power, and you're going to try to dip that ball into the kitchen. This is sort of a topic that's kind of coming up now. It's I don't know if we'll call it a hot topic in the in the pickleball world, but pros are starting to adapt more of that drop, that dipping third yes. shot rather than a drop shot because people are on to the drop shot obviously
1: yes yes that that's a topic that we can definitely uh come uh, talk about in another episode but that's for sure because it's now the third shot the drop original sort of just stays up a little bit so yes so that concludes this episode so i'm coach fig
0: i'm coach debbie
1: until next time take care